0: Welcome to the No-Risk Business Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things very small business, from the challenges to solutions to failures and victories. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, and I'm ready to roll, so let's do this. Welcome, folks, to another show of the No Risk Business Performance Podcast. Today, I'm honored to have Paul Osted from Nila Athletics on. Um, I've known Paul for about two and a half years now as part of a business coaching group we are both in. Um, Paul's an entrepreneur at heart. He's got many things going on at once um, in his life between family and businesses and new businesses that are on the horizon that he's working on launching. Um, so, I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit better than I did, Paul. And then, you know, I got a wealth or a, a whole plethora of questions uh, I'm going to just start throwing at you. So,
1: great. Uh, so, thank you, Judith, for having me on. And most important, like, piece is I have a family that is uh, grown to three little girls, beautiful girls, beautiful wife. We uh, hail in Los Angeles, California, born and raised in Minnesota, and went to college in Iowa. Um we, you know, started off as, as somebody who in in college I was very active with with tons of things, whether it was uh student government to playing football. I played on the golf team for one season to get a free round to get free golf. Anything I could take advantage of as an acting class, uh anything and everything in school, I would take like fifteen minute breaks in between my classes and try to take a nap so that I could keep going. And my roommates and friends would give me tons of crap. But end of the day, it prepared me. My whole, my whole theory on that was I'm preparing myself. So when I work 40 hours a week, it's really, easy. and trouble is now 15 years out of college, I don't think I've worked in a week under 40 hours ever. Like it's still 80 hours a week and it's go, go, go. But my mind just races and uh, I enjoy it. I, I want to help people. I want to grow myself and my family and my friends, people that come in contact with me. And I would say that, the hardest part that I'm learning these days after COVID is that I see everybody as a friend and somebody that I can. um, We've been, you know, friends for, for two and a half years in my eyes, Judah. And some of that is like just us talking every week and catching up. But then there's things like, Oh, if if someone's in Rhode Island, I'm going to call Judah. Like, come on, go, just go visit him. He's a great friend of mine. People are like, you don't, you, you know, Judah. And I'd be like, yeah, like, shoot, we've been talking for two and a half years and vice versa. If you come to, to LA and a friend of yours you give referral to I'm doors are open because it's Judah. And I think of that, that way. So there's been a lot of those pieces that I'm learning over the course of COVID that you just can't do that kind of stuff as much as they used to. Right.
0: Right. Right. And so three girls, <laughs> yes. So right off the bat, I have a question from your bio. So acting, right. So you're a business, you're an entrepreneur now, um, yes. you own a gym, um, you own another business with the gym and then you're starting, you're part of this really cool startup idea. Um so acting class. How yes. did the acting class fit into or fit into what you wanted to do with life in terms of like so why why did you take an acting class?
1: Well I, I didn't take acting class because I want to take acting classes. I wanted to, I took acting classes because I'm an actor also. Okay. And I I have been acting for 15 years. All right. Um oh. what yeah. it's trans, translated into was uh, but first and foremost on it, it's public se- it's public speaking skills. Right. It's getting comfortable, uh, being uncomfortable in the, in the, you know, light of wherever it is on top of having to rehearse and work through the structure and the balance of what are you going to say every single time? Can you hit those notes? Can you hit those beats? And so I, I, with football, you got to play in front of 10,000 people and you got to perform because everybody's judging you. And while there's half the stadium wants you to be successful, half the stadium wants you to get crushed. And when it comes to a play, it depends on who and what's watching, and what your role is. Half the time, they love you again. Half the time, you're the villain or somebody like that that is not going to be as enjoyable to to be a part of. And it's a constant battle for me because like I said, I think everybody's my friend. And I, I truly believe that. And so when this happens, I get to see that there are people who remind me that not everybody's my fan or vice versa. Uh,
0: interesting. Um, so you have... Um... Like you said, your mind's always racing and you always have some really cool ideas. Every time we've talked, you've had ideas in relation to like the gym and to relation of growing the gym um, and to other, other services, which kind of piggyback what the gym has and then things totally outside of the box from the fitness business. Um, what is your process for turning ideas into reality or do you have one?
1: first is kind of be a reality. So I like to think in things uh, I like to think of things that are outside of reality and then try to bring them back down to where they are achievable or, or measurable. Mm-hmm. And if I can create with somebody, again, if I'm with somebody, I can create anything, whether it was the CrossFit gym, it was my mom and sister who were doing CrossFit before I saw an opportunity in LA. There was only four or five gyms open in 2009 when I was introduced to it and thought, man, this could be life-changing. Before that, I was looking at LED lights. And the reason was I was selling sports lighting for football and baseball stadiums. And I saw an opportunity that we were going this way. And my again, crazy big picture dream. I wanted to replace all the light street lights in Los Angeles. And my theory was I could replace them for free. The energy savings they would pay me over the course of 10 years, and I would maintain those lights on top of that with the, with the energy savings. So let's say I could you know, it's a $10 million a month for electricity and I can move it down to 5 million, but it would take me 20 million to to put all these new lights in and then I could maintain them. And over the course of 25 or 10 years, you'd get a $5 million check a year and it would be able to pay for it all the way through the 10 years of, of that agreement, right? So there were things like that, that I was thinking about and there's sensors and there's all these pieces that you could tell and it could tell me when a light's out just off of um, Amperage Draws. And, and so like those things started to create ideas on how I could build. But CrossFit was the lowest barrier of entry. And it gave me a place to go and try being a business owner the way that I wanted to be. I already had a business in my acting career, uh, which I have a production company. And that was truly just me like, all right, I'm 24 years old. Let me start a business and let me get real with what I really want to do and what I say I want to do. And so making that first leap of faith and then understand there's trial and error with it. Every single day there's there's error and coming up with what the idea is. I, I like you said, Jude, I have ten ideas a day. What sticks on paper I go through and I try to reevaluate and build on. And if there's somebody willing to listen and grow with me, then we have some some concepts usually.
0: Okay. Interesting. No, it's that's you know, it's it's all about like taking all your ideas and then figuring out what actually has um, sustenance and what you can what can be grown based on the resources you have available to you
1: um, yeah, and some of them are small, I think the other reminder is it's not about going and getting a ten million or a hundred million dollar deal it's about going out and getting something that you can you can pick up and go with and I think my my fifty million dollar idea with LEDs still could work in some place if, if there was finances and money available to go do it, but what I'd also say to that is my small investment in CrossFit was the chance that gave me the opportunity to go start thinking about the other things that I wanted to do in life.
0: Right. Did, um, so we've both done the Goldman Sachs program, right? So there was an exercise they did. I don't know if they did it with you, but they did it in my, when, when I, um, I think it was like week three where they gave you like play money and there was like the hundred thousand dollars right there, the $1 million right there. Mm -hmm. And then like the $5 million right there. Or something like yes. that. Did they do that exercise with you
1: too? Yes. Yes.
0: So you must have thoroughly enjoyed that exercise. Like knowing like when you have unlimited funds, like the sky's what the limit. It. Yeah. Yes. It, it really, really allows you to start thinking outside the box and what potentially could be reality.
1: Yeah. I, there, there are things in that where for you and I, I think of just like a VA trying things that are just not normal and saying, you know what? I need something that's going to be more sustainable than where I'm at right now. And this could be help that gives my staff the opportunity to go do the things I've always wanted them to do, but we don't have the time to go do. Right. Instead of, oh, it's a new cost. I'm going to replace my front desk team. It's the opposite. How do I create a better workplace and grow more for my staff? Even though early on, it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this because if I do this, I'm going to lose my job. Right where the other side is no you're going to have an opportunity to grow and if that's your issue of growing then it may be best for you to change but it's going to be changed one way or the other you're going to either grow with the company or you're going to grow away from the company and, and build something that's different um but i think that's like always a conversation on that that money of where is it how to use it and how do you best apply it and in, in our industry, the you know small gym, micro gym format, cost is always an issue because there's a lot of time given by the gym owner that is not thought of, thought of or seen as, as work because we're with our friends or right. we're hosting a party. And it's like, oh, it's so good. This is part of the community. And then you're like, that took me 15 hours. Right. That I wasn't able to go do marketing or do something that's going to be beneficial for the long-term sustainability for the gym and for, for my livelihood and my, my team. Right. 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 So now you have a production company,
0: you yes. have the gym. Yes. You're at all the time and yes. you have the, your other new startup business um, as well. And I'm sure you probably have something else in there. Um, yes. <laughs> how do you find time to balance all of those components or pieces of your life?
1: blocking okay explain. i have set i have set places during the day i have a panda planner that i'm gonna look for here quick but my panda planner tells me what and where i have for priorities for the day and then i go through i write out everything in that i have it in my phone also because of course my phone is what i live by but i want to write it out so that i have a plan and it forces me to slow down a little bit i try to do 15 minutes in the morning at night I'd love to do it but the reality is that it doesn't usually happen at that point. I usually look at my phone though and plan on the next day so I can visualize it and see where the priorities are for the day. So there are things that the main priority is the gym. Because without the gym I don't have the sustainable like income. It's also my highest cost uh expense mm-hmm. where I have payroll, I have the the building and all the other fees that come with it. The other companies so far um don't have tons of payroll costs or they're a lot of my own stuff. So production company, my online coaching business, Avalgo, Avalgo has expenses, but Avalgo has expenses that are coming through just myself and my partner. And so that one, it's a little easier for us to deviate what and where the money goes. And we're not, it's not what we rely on for income. So that's a build-out stage of that startup story on how do you get going? Well, you work really hard at your main job and then put extra time into that career that you think is going to be something that can be changing lives or really put an impact on the greater good. And that's where acting came from. For me, I can go talk to a hundred people at the gym or 300 members that we have, or I can go to talk to 3 million or 300 million people in a, on a film. And if I can connect with them, I can help change their lives. Awesome.
0: So um, that brings me to another question, which um, I have. So you, you, you know, you've mentioned multiple times you want to help people, right? in yes. various different ways or um, just make the world a better place. So um, what, like, what is your why, right? So like, do you have a, uh, like a why for you or a mission statement for you and like everything that you do fits into that mission statement or, or like, so, yeah. So like, how do you, like, when you get ideas, do you like, do all, you know, like, do you make sure that these cool ideas you have fit into like
1: who Paul is? Yes. So it's be good to people, be energetic with what goes on, create opportunity and have sustainable like lifestyle. So uh, I opened a coffee shop. Well, I knew that fitness and caffeine are two like number one priorities. I've looked at bars, but I've struggled opening bars just because I know the what it can do, but it creates and culminates community. And so if there's places that we can grow and build, I want to be a part of those types of platforms because you can change a lot of people at, at one time. So if um, if I'm good to people, I feel people would be good back to me. If I'm good to the environment and ways that we can help increase the sustainability or efficiency of what we do, we're all going to be happier people. I, I traveled from, um, this is probably everybody's had this experience, but In 08 to 2011, I traveled to and from Irvine to LA, which is a 40-mile drive. It's about a two-hour drive on a Friday afternoon, if if you don't know LA traffic. And there is a HOV lane, high-occupancy vehicle, right to the right of me, going through or right to the left of me. And all I could think about was how I could put on Craigslist, who wants to do a ride companion share, where you just get in my car and I'll take you to LA at 3 p.m. on Fridays or whatever day it was. And of course, Uber is, is where I'm coming from on this. But the idea is there because I was trying to be more efficient and take that car, that lane's flying and our lanes are stuck. I'm tired of sitting in traffic. How can I help solve this traffic problem? Because it's a pain for me. And I know it's a time waste for all of us. Mm -hmm. And if if I can create things that are going to fix those purposes, like those types of purposes, we're going to have more time to spend with our family, our friends, do the things that we love because Biggest issue for my clients, and I assume probably yours, is time is always of the essence. And there is enough time to go do this, or you want to you lose weight, but then you don't have time to go make your own food. Like, But you, you have time to order pizza and look at Instagram for 30 minutes, and then you don't know what happened to the time. Right. Right?
0: So did you say you, you opened a coffee shop as well?
1: I did. I sold it. Okay. Was so it near your gym, current gym, or... Oh yeah, it's okay. four doors down. Oh still so open. Huh? My partner is still the owner. Okay. I go, that's where I still get my coffee. Awesome. So yeah. Right. That that was one of those things that I bought a gym, a second location, and purchased the coffee shop in the same month. And we had planned on the coffee shop opening in three months and it took eight. Oof. And the gym I thought I was taking over was in a decent place and of course when you purchase a gym and you this is the first gym I went to as a member across the gym and I purchased it and we lost members there but we also lost members at my gym because they were so attached to me and so I started learning all this so we lost on both ends of the new gym and the old gym plus I was spending at the the coffee shop and so at month 11 or 12 my partner and I just said like I you know We need to split and make this successful for all of us. And so again, lessons learned. I dive in if it sounds good and works good. Right. So now did you sell the other location? The other location we closed two years ago. Again, lesson learned. I had a a five-year agreement, a three-year plus two on my lease. And I had to tell the owner by, I'm going to say, you know, February 1st of 2018 that I wanted to extend the lease. Uh, I called him on January 26th, said, I'm interested in doing this. He said, think about it over the weekend. And, uh, because he had a couple other ideas and then I called him on February 6th and he's like, Oh, well you, you're outside your lease. So we're going to have to give you a new lease. (sighs) He didn't offer me a new lease until June after I'd already told him I was leaving. And it was at three times the price. So, um, but with that, they were only three and a half miles away from each other or so. And so we were able to bring most of the members over here and get back some mojo, which has helped alleviate time for me to go create a new idea, which is, you know, the nonstop issue for me. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So do you, so the new idea that you have, right. So it's all business development, right. So bringing bringing ideas to reality. So before we get into your new idea and your new venture about how, where the idea came from and the, like the steps you're taking to bring that to reality, um, within the gym. All right. Um, and how, how long, you've had Nila for a while. Um, 10 years in August. So what has been your process for having a new idea for like in, in the gym for whether a program or a product and bringing that from the idea phase to the all right marketing or selling phase and so forth? So like usually you have an example of comes... something,
1: you know personal training, which isn't, isn't a big idea. It's something that we all do for the first six, seven years of us owning a gym. It was not something that we necessarily believed in. And it's not that we didn't believe in it. We thought we could hit the general public really well with a far cheaper price platform that we were really good at that could help somebody grow as they needed and not need the personalized attention. And then uh, about four years ago, I started noticing that even though I'd coach somebody to do something, they wouldn't do it. And then they wouldn't go see that movement again for another six weeks because they missed pull-ups this week and that week. And the next thing you know, it's six weeks later, they're back to pull-ups and they're doing the same thing wrong. And it gave me ahas where I was like, oh, shoot. Like personal training has value. There's a reason why personal training is needed. There's a reason why we should be offering it so that our members are getting better, not harming themselves. And so that's where it spawned from. But then after seven years or six years of doing only group classes and starting to add these in slowly, your members are not comfortable with it or they have no interest in it because they haven't needed it for seven years. So why would they need it now? And then how do you get that marketing? So part of my Goldman Sachs growth plan was to go through and do personal training so that also we didn't have everything relied on group fitness. Thankfully, with the pandemic, we weren't 100% into group fitness because as most gym owners know, that was crushed and we were probably down to 35 to 45% of our our revenue for group classes even though we were providing online classes still paying our bills it was a personal training that kept my staff able to go full time keep people moving and doing the things that they were because they were able to be in con- connection with these athletes one on one like this um as june 15th came around being in the gym and being distance and being safe there was ways to do it outside so the the personal training was one of those that My issue is that it takes me a really long time to get something done usually because I have so many things that are there. So that was two years ago, let's say, that we did um, personal training as a focus. And now this year is finally the time after COVID's coming out of it where we're starting to have legs. Our staff understands and wants to do personal training because they, they understand the value we've talked about. And our members are also in a place of a reset going, you know what, what they've been talking about for two years is really valuable now because I want to get the pull it back or I want to get the clean better. I want to know what it feels like to be stable in a, in a squat position with the, rack, the front rack. And we're doing those things and we're doing a good job of it by reteaching tempo and all these other plat- platforms that weren't used to. Um, so the personal training, it's building out the platform, building out what the expectations are, knowing your price point. So it's a valuable place to be sustainable and then getting your team on board for me, especially is where it comes because I don't necessarily want to do all the work. I I'm willing to do the work, but what I'm saying there is I want ownership through my partners. And that's where I talk about a business idea comes from me. That's fine. But it usually comes because Judah said something that sparked my interest and then I added to it and then we both added to it. And now we have a better picture And I'm usually pretty good at narrowing that into what could actually happen. What's the reality of, of this idea and how can we make it there? Right. So um,
0: the that's that kind of brings you to another question because you said like, you know, just conversations spur ideas. Right. And, you know, and those ideas could be an enhancement of your business. Um, And that's one of the things which I like, I loved about like when, when our, you know, our, our group coaching calls, you know, or, you know, the, the, the business group we're in because someone would talk and then it would help everybody's mind start like rolling and saying, oh, will that work for me? Uh, how can I employ that in my business? Um, and, you know, like recently I just had an idea where I'm like, what if I started a group, uh, like an entrepreneur coffee hour, right? Where you just bring, you just set up a time and you invite people to a local business and be like, a b c d all right all the a's go over there all the b's go over there all the c's go over there all the d's go over there and today's topic is xyz talk about it go (laughs) you know so like that was that's something i had and um you know i thought it would be pretty neat to do just because you never know what you know business ideas could formulate which could lead to something great just from having conversations um Speaking of great business ideas, though, you are recently you're, start, you're involved with the startup um, Evalgo. Is that the
1: Evalgo? Correct.
0: Um, and it's, it's super interesting. Um, walk us through, like, from idea conception to like where you guys are at now, or just like, or the basics of what the idea is and and what you guys are doing with it.
1: My so probably started in late for Sean, my business partner, probably 2018 probably way before, but uh, he was at a university here locally, a major university, and he was the vice president of transportation. And he was working with other organizations, uh, the Lyfts and Ubers of the world, trying to figure out how to move students to and from certain places. And some ideas came up with electrification and how you could electrify university space to ensure that like green, um, the carbon footprint could be dropped down. And so he saw these ideas, he kept chasing them. He's like, oh man, look at this. And the university kept shutting them down costs, expenses, all these other other things that he thought he could offset fairly easily by doing them. were not being understood by senior leadership. And so in, uh, June of 2019, probably he sent out a business plan idea to, uh, there's like eight of us on a group chat. He's like, what do you guys think about this? We started talking, started building stuff. And then in September we went, nearly every evening for for six months going through until like late January, early February, going through how to build a business plan, what it really looks like, what are some values that actually can make this parlay even further. So examples are, if you use a Tesla, a Tesla is far more expensive than a Prius. But if you use a Tesla 10 hours a day for one shift and 10 hours a day for a second shift, and you have four hours for charging, and you could get two partners on it, now it would be a little cheaper than that Prius because the Prius is 30000 versus the Tesla 50000 If we can utilize that, now we have electricity that we're using instead of fuel, and we were building all these ideas on. We know that with an Uber or a Lyft app, the reason why it works in these large cities or anywhere essentially is because there's enough people in need close, in close enough proximity to utilize the space. And so we felt there'd be enough drivers that were within a two mile radius that they could figure out how to use two or three cars in these places. We could go to a university and say, look, we want to put 30 uh, L2 or superchargers on your, your university space. We can rent those spots for you. And here's some value because students are in, in, in our neighborhood are not driving like they used to. At 16, I was already signed up for my driver's test and on my birthday I was in the door ready to get my, my license. Right. Whereas most of my friends, kids, uh, people here, that's not what happens anymore because Uber and Lyft and all these other companies are available and they're more convenient, easier, that it's cheaper than buying a car, paying for insurance, all these additional things that we have to deal with. Um, And so we just kept on building on those things. We started implementing and discussing with local organizations nonprofits talking about how we could implement these types of products, talking to city hall about what could happen. And there are things of city hall, Los Angeles. There's plan that my business, I could put a, a charger out front of my gym if I wanted to. So that somebody could charge on the street because they know that's going to be needed at some point. They feel like those are changes that can, can be done. And it has continued to evolve. Of course, March, March 1st, My partner gets offered a a CEO position of a large transportation company here in LA and COVID hits. We're talking, my best friend is in Iowa and he is a, a principal at a school. He tells me, Oh yeah, our bus drivers are still driving because they're delivering meals to all the kids. And I said to Sean, like, dude, if they're doing this, there has to be something in LA. He's like, yeah, I'm working on, I'm working on, I got something. And he works with LA County. We go and we sign up with Los Angeles County, and the um, hospitality um, of downtown LA, which is going to be where your Bonaventure or like your your big hotels have a union that is protected on their meals. They hired us to deliver box lunches and dinners to um, about 4,000 residents in LA that were in need of food that could not get out of their house. And so for the past year, we've been delivering um, in February and March, we had our three million meal of delivered Ooh. and mayor Garcetti. Uh, it was a large a press conference that we, we were a part of. Um, and we were very blessed to be a part of that because of the change that Sean was willing to make and see and, and adapt. I think that's what makes us good partners in a lot of ways is I have an idea. He has an idea. We're able to f- meld it together and figure out how to make it work. And so As that's coming to a hedge here in the near future, probably end of June for some and then end of September for others because they want to make sure that people are able to still get out and start moving again. Um, We're working on the next step as people are traveling again. We're working with large uh, transportation rideshare companies on how to put some of our cars on their platform if needed because we want to work with people and help get those places done on top of bringing the electrification onto the market as we continue to build and grow. So the objective was simply how do we help people move from A to B on in a carbon neutral environment? Uh, Our vision is if you start at university space, that was the original part because if we can get 18 to 20 year olds to ride in a Tesla, they will want to ride in a Tesla for life. Um, Habit creates very early. And I know Chevrolet has like a study that they did that if you don't buy a Chevrolet by 22. There is like 90%. I don't I'm just using Chevy as the example here, but there is a ninety percent chance that you will never buy a Chevrolet if they don't get you in a car by 22. Interesting. So there's there's a lot of that stuff that we know that we know credit cards are that way. Um right. once you have a card, it's hard to change, even though there's tons that are better out there probably for you. But yeah, I have I that, that mean that's really funny because I've had the same
0: like I've used Navy Federal Credit Union. I got my first credit card right before I went to college in, in nineteen ninety-two, um, yep. and I still have Navy Federal for my. At then, that's my main credit card. I might have changed which one I the the, the card, right. but I still have used Navy Federal Credit Union, and I do my credit card, mortgages, loans, anything, everything through them. Um, yep. And so it's that's funny that you know um, that that statistic. Um, all right. Well, I know you're extremely busy. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, I have my, my a set of questions that I ask every guest, which I would love to get your perspectives on and your takes on. So the first question is, do you have a favorite quote that you use or that you live by or that's like your mantra or that you're like if always like bringing out, um, you know, at the right moment?
1: The one that sticks that's on my, my bulletin board is change of any sort requires courage. And while it's not something I say every day, or rem- it's something I live by and remember, I don't like change, right? but I'm willing and un- to be in the uncomfortable to learn if it's going to be valuable to myself or to the people around me. So I think just simply put change of any sort requires courage. That's awesome. Um, do you know who said, who that's from? Or, it's an unknown. All my, all my book says is unknown. I'm unknown. Gonna, but right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those, those sometimes are credit. the best. <laughs> right. Uh, those are awesome. All right. Um. So um, books. All right. Um, I'm not even sure if you have time to read. Um, <laughs> I do. But, um, and, but like, you know, but obviously with all the ideas you have, you probably read tons of different books and every book gives you like, Oh, what about this idea? Mm-hmm. and and, you, you know, you have another tangent that you're going on, but if you had to recommend one book that you said, like, everybody has to read this book,
1: um, what book would that be? One book, one book. All right. I'm going to give you one, but I want to give you three. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you number one, just because it's easy to read and everybody should read it. It's called the energy bus by John Gordon. Energy bus by John Gordon. Okay. Yes. And the re it is, it is, I just see it when I, I I listened to it on Sunday, just, I needed to listen to something again. And I I've listened to it five, six times. I bought some more so I can give them away to people. Um, and it just reminds you like, you're the driver of the bus. You got to have your vision to go forward. You need to fuel your ride with positivity. You need to, there's 10 rules of it. Um, it's been on our, uh, refrigerator for years. Um, but like no energy vampires is one of them. So just reminding people, like, if you want to come into my space, we're going to, we're going to keep the positive thought and conversation. So I'm a really big advocate of of it's easy. It's an hour and a half read. And it, it just has very basic skill sets that give you hope. The book on audible is amazing. The, it, it just, they do a very good job. Uh, but the other two good to great, which is a, a Jim Collins book that I love and, that's a business perspective of how to do and 10 X businesses. Um, and then it, it would have to be a Malcolm Gladwell or John Maxwell are my two favorite authors, John Maxwell, uh, good leaders. ask great questions. I think truly learning more about what others are doing is, is where I've grown the most. And my genuine interest in knowing who and what someone else is doing and why they do it, the intricacies um, and Malcolm Gladwell, whether it's the outliers or David versus Goliath, like Mm -hmm. the outliers. I love the perspective of just looking at him and his two best friends. They're, they're all like, one's a Harvard uh, professor. One was the New York times uh, editor and him, like they were all amazing writers or have done stuff and they did this together. And so who are your outliers? Who are you going to go through and and be with and grow with that? You look back and go, yeah, I knew we had something special. Cool. Um, Cool. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've read
0: a, I've read all of Malcolm Gladwell's works. Um, I yeah. don't think I've read any of um, Jim Collins. Um,
1: They're great. Books, He's got but, a few great books too.
0: Uh, Maxwell's, I might have, you know, but um, I'll probably definitely listen to that Energy Bus. I like, I, you know, one of the hardest things is like, you, there's good books, but then you like, you get the book on tape because you're gonna listen to it on a drive, and like yep. the reader is brutal, and it's just yes. like makes like really good content really dry and not enthusiastic and it's just it's a it's a buzzkill so
1: we have a few of those books each on our audible yeah i I look at like 16 hours of that there's no way yeah yeah but this one's an hour and a half two hours and i just i can imagine the bus driver i can imagine the the gentleman that's riding that's having these experiences it's they they do a great job cool all right um
0: my last question um Your three keys to success.
1: Show up every day. This is one that I learned from another coach. Be authentic. Not that I learned, but like just be more clear with. Be authentic. And I think love unconditionally.
0: Three very solid. Knowing you, um, you <laughs> definitely, you definitely, um, exemplify those and all that you do. Um, Thank you. you know, for as hectic as things are, and for as crazy this past year has been for you and your business. I, and, and I've seen you at moments where like your frustration, um, has been through the roof. I you haven't really changed like your demeanor much. Like you can, see, you you hear in your words your frustration, but like you're still smiling, and you're just like so. It's it's uh, a testament to to you and the and the life you've created for yourself and based on your ideals. Um, last question: um, If there was anything you were hope was hoping I would ask you that I didn't ask you, what would that be? i might have hit everything i might have hit everything
1: yeah i think you know it's just one of those that um I, i think it's cool that my mom is who introduced my sister and i to crossfit and that that would be something like why mom and you know she was 50 something years old when she started doing crossfit and that was something that opened both my sister and myself up to my sister was a top hunter in the world competitive athlete in crossfit and gave me a livelihood that I didn't imagine how I was going to open my own business for. So not that you didn't ask what you should have. I think that that's just a cool point of how family and just trusting what others do. Like I told my mom right away, there's no way I'd do something that you're doing, mom. Go back to your Jazzercise. She's like, no, CrossFit's different. (laughs) Like No, she's like, we do cleans. I was like, you don't do cleans. That's something we do in football. I do pull-ups. You don't do pull-ups. That's something we do, right? And so that was a funny story on just a sense of, Hey, she got me into this and without her and my dad, who I kept asking, like, what about this? And he's like, after my LED business and all these other ideas, he shut down. He finally was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm like, oh, because mom and my sister do it. Now you think it's a good idea? <laughs> he's like, no, it actually has some, like, you, you have enough money to go do it. Why are you, why are you telling me about a million dollar idea? Where are you going to get these investors from? So. So, uh, the- so where did you play football? Uh, William Penn university.
0: Okay. That's
1: right. In Iowa. Nice. Um, all
0: right, dude. Thank you. Um, just So if people want to get hold of you or learn more about like you or your businesses, um, where can they find you?
1: Paul at N E L a athletics.com. That stands for like Northeast Los Angeles athletics or at, uh, at Paul Osted on Instagram at P A U L A U S T A D Facebook too. Love to awesome. connect. Cool. Thank you, Judah. Well, thanks
0: so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk and uh, folks, uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the no risk business performance podcast. Please be sure to check out the show notes for any information pertaining to our guests, as well as to how no risk business performance can help your very small business. If you found the information useful, please be kind and share it with your friends who also own very small businesses so they can benefit from the advice that our guests can provide. I'm your host, Judah Boulay. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.